What's up, everybody? It's your guy, Mondi, host of Love and Logic, a podcast exploring the intersections of love and logic. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Love and Logic. It's your boy, Mondi, and, you know, I'm excited to be on the mic again with you guys, man. Hope that you guys are continuing to tune in. Well, I see that you have been, and so I want to thank you for your support, as usual, every single week for rocking with me, man. It means a lot to me. So let's get into this conversation, man, of current events. Um, you guys know I follow a lot of love posts and I follow a lot of love um, like blogs and whatnot. So I'm always coming with something new. Well, this week I was watching a couple's therapy um, and I saw a couple where, you know, the relationship seemed pretty solid externally. But as you got into the relationship shell, you found that there were a lot of opportunities for boundaries to be developed. Well, the wife, having been in this relationship for more than 15 years, had decided to assert herself because her husband was less than, you know, um, respectful of boundaries. And so she began to let him know, like, hey, when you talk to me this way, it makes me feel like this. Um, Can we try engaging in a new way? And in the very session, he said in front of her, like, no, this is how I fucking talk. Like, so if you can't fucking deal with it, then you need to grow up. You need to be an adult. It was then that she realized that, you know, she had talked with her husband on a very surface level about his upbringing or whatever, but that he had a lot of challenges in terms of like respecting women, respecting authority, uh, respecting relationships and respecting someone else's view of him. He didn't really care much about what others thought. And so establishing boundaries for himself and for others wasn't necessarily a priority, which leads to this week's topic, love and and boundaries. So one of the things that I took away from this conversation, man, was looking into it, I saw that, you know, in relationship spaces, the first thing that I thought in observing this couple was how could they have been together for 15 years and this become a really pressing issue now? Um, And how is it that love exists between them in this space? Um, Because I am challenged by love in every way. And as I am challenged, I'm always looking to see like, okay, love, help me show uh, others where you sit in relationship spaces and show me where you sit in these spaces so that as I enter my next relationship, I know how to be right and not try and do so much, but just be in the space where love resides. So, you know, I was looking at it, man, and I and and I thought, well, wow there weren't really many boundaries established. And no sooner than I had that thought, the therapist then came back and talked about boundaries, right? So I was like, yeah, it didn't seem like he very much respects her voice. And so this is what I thought of, man, like love has difficult conversations. Now it took them getting into therapy to do this, but the point was that they were having this conversation. Now, unfortunately for them, the behavior had been happening for some time And the wife really was in therapy for a last resort. Now, I like to tell you guys, if you are in a relationship, I know many of you are probably questioning, how can you tell me shit? You not in a relationship like so, so successfully yours haven't worked. I beg to differ. I'd say that, in fact, you could take from both someone who's had a not so good relationship and someone who is in or those people who are in successful relationships and learn from them both. I believe that both those things can be true at the same time, right? 
And so I watched these couples and I thought, well, you know, they're here, man, because, well, she's kind of fed up. So this has been happening for some time. So it wasn't that establishing boundaries had just become a problem. Establishing boundaries had always been a problem. And so now this is the first time that the couple is actually addressing the boundaries, right? This is the first time that they're actually going through like, hey, you make me feel X, Y, Z, right? When you do A, B, C. And the husband really could not get with what the wife was presenting. I want to say that in this space, man, for everyone listening, love expresses itself by establishing boundaries for respect and integrity of actions, right? When you love someone, you begin to figure out, okay, how is it that I've disrespected them and what can I do to no longer disrespect them, right? That is a boundary that love has set in its place is that it causes us to want to respect one another. Some people will say, well, respect doesn't enter and until you love someone and some would say that love doesn't enter I mean, some would say that respect doesn't enter until you love someone, and if you love someone, you respect them. I don't know where I sit on any of that, to be honest, but what I will say is that to love someone, it does necessitate that if you love them, if you if this is how I see it, you would respect them. I don't know that that automatically comes because I look at other natures of relationships, and I think about the relationship that I've had even with my very own parents, and... I love them very much. And the next season, we'll talk about, you know, that relationship and how the boundaries were certainly not set up to have a healthy relationship between either of my parents. Um, but I do believe that love expresses itself by establishing boundaries for respect and integrity of actions. And love also has difficult conversations. It does not shy away from conversations. In other words, it doesn't wait 15 years to have a conversation to save a marriage. Now, am I demonizing this couple for going to therapy and the wife coming in as a last resort? Absolutely not. She did all she knew to do. And we didn't get enough of her background to understand like how she uh, you know, received this negative feedback that her husband would give her in stating his displeasure with her actions. You know what I mean? So in this way, what we saw was that, you know, he saw her setting a boundary as a barrier which led me to believe that he was emotionally immature watching him he certainly was immature and 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 so for that i say emotional immaturity sees boundaries uh boundary setting as a barrier a barrier to wanting me to be perfect different or change right and here's the thing man love is going to embrace change notice what i said love is going to embrace change i didn't say that love was going to cause change because that isn't always true we could love people but we can't love them to change they have to want that for themselves you see what i'm saying and if you don't see that for yourself first there's i don't care how much you love someone you can't love them enough to make them change but true love if it's being received well I do believe it causes change. However, the emotionally mature love practices setting boundaries as a means to best express its character, not its expectation. And you know, man, when I was coming up with this content, I was literally sitting and thinking, 
what does a mature love look like? And I, and I'll say that again. The emotionally mature love practices setting boundaries as a means to best express its character, not its expectation. You don't show someone love and then say, well, okay, because I've done this, I've done that, then I expect you to do this because expectation, as I've said before in the previous episode, is where most relationships go to die, right? Having these lofty expectations of one another that we can't possibly really live up to. If it were so that we could live up to these things, man, then, you know, you know, I don't think no relationship would end, to be honest, because we know what our partners want and we are aware of ourselves. We are so self-aware of our changes that are occurring, that are occurring uh, internally, that we show up in these spaces ready to make the changes. Right. Wrong. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are ready for the idea of love, but not ready to commit to the ideals of love, the principles of love that help navigate a relationship. At least I know I, I wasn't. And I hesitated to say that just now. You heard that. Y'all heard that. I, I, I wasn't right. Well, I wasn't. And I don't want to act like I had this all figured out. In my last relationship, I definitely was desperate for love and I wanted to be loved so badly that I endured a lot that I should have never endured to be honest. And I'll talk about that a little later in the show, in the show. But as a result, um, my partner, um, suffered a lot, but then, you know, he endured at my hands, at my words, at my actions, a lot that he should have never endured. And I'll talk about that a little later too, you know, because not all relationships end in marriage, man. But I do think it's important to remember that all relationships are destination oriented, whether they're going to marriage or not. Even when they end miserably, they should, um, uh, um, um, if allowed, transport you to a space of betterness. This is the ultimate goal of love is to uh, help us arrive at our place of better. And if for some reason, you know, you're not made better by encountering, engaging and, 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 and involving yourself with love, then I don't know that that's where you're supposed to receive it. Be it the space, the place, or the person, right? Be it the space, the place, or the person. I'm not so sure if that's where you should be receiving it. If love does not transport you to a better space in your personhood, right? And missing this point isn't love's fault, but it's really our own human stubbornness and our fragility. You know, in other words, man, I would say we've got to grow up and grow out of the things that don't serve us. It was all cool when, you know, we were single to think the way we did, you know, about love and how we want to engage love. But we were single and that served us when we were single. And now that we're not single, we can't go about, you know, practicing in the same way. You know, so missing that point that love should ultimately take you to a space of betterness in your personhood. Failing to miss that or failing to receive that is really, you know, a demonstration of our own human stubbornness and our fragileness in whatever past has led us up to this present moment. You feel me? Like, so you can't come into relationships or you don't want to. At least I don't think so. You don't want to come into these relationships with all the things of old. Some things I think if we actually entered our relationships with our mind ready that we're coming to dismantle some of our already listenings. 
some of our already beliefs about love as demonstrated by our parents, as demonstrated by our friends, as demonstrated by, as demonstrated by, as demonstrated by, and so on and so on. We can get past a lot of shit, right? But we bring all of this stuff into our relationships thinking that, you know, this is the way it should be. But you and your partner are not you and your experiences. You and your partner are two people bringing together your experiences to create new ones, right? So then it's like, okay, well, are we going to allow ourselves to create new experiences with one another? Or are we going to hold on to and hinge ourselves to the experiences that we've always had? That's become that, you know, that's the real thing, right? So then remember that if you are single, what you're doing now may not altogether work when you become a couple. But if we really want to prepare for love, if we really want to prepare for a relationship, we may want to consider what are the prerequisites for love to thrive when in partnership. You know, love has established boundaries for the single versus the couple. And I think oftentimes we got to ask ourselves, if single, do you want to be coupled? And if couple, do you want to be single? And if at any time you're unsure about which one you want to be, look at your practices and they'll provide some insight. In other words, check out how you've been moving. If you are in a partnership or you're in a relationship or let's just say, you know what, scrap all of that shit. Let's just say you're not in a relationship, but you in a situation and you want to entertain like three or four people while you try to figure out which one you want. But you know that this is one that really, really catches your eye, but you're having a hard time. This is why I say this is like the beginning. This is a prerequisite of love, right? Because it's showing how you move with others in the spaces of lightness, which is also love. And we could talk about that on another episode. You know what I mean? That's like a lightness, right? You want to have three or four people, but you're refusing to kind of settle it down with one. And then you finally got one, but you still got to keep at least two people or one person in the background because you're not so sure if this is going to work out. Check how you're moving. That tells you whether or not you want to be single or whether you want to be coupled. And we could look to a host of other things and say, well, you know, I just I'm not sure. So, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I'm telling you that you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on the love that's coming from someone else. And I'm talking about a love that you have for yourself in this space. A love for self demonstrates that I'm going to, you know, hold some type of discipline to engage the one that is aligned with what I want. That's self-love. And I hadn't talked a whole lot about that on, you know, in this season yet. And I will in another season. But like self-love pretty much disciplines us to go after what we want with whom we want and then begin to align our forces with them. And so I say that, man, you you know, again, giving space for the polyamorous relationship, too, because I believe in in, in polyamorous relationships as well. Not for my personal practice, but I also believe that it can happen. And I still believe that you can have monogamy in a polyamorous relationship. Right. So in saying that, I'm saying you're going to have to dedicate yourself to practices that reveal how you move. If you're uncertain, man, about how you move or whatever, it's going to tell you that if I would say if you're uncertain, really, you've already told yourself that you want to be single. That's confusion. And trust me, when you bring two people together, man. You're going to you're going to institute you're going to institute some confusion. I can promise you that 
it's going to be about how you work through the confusion, right? Because two people are trying to become one or, or establish thoughts as one. And so that uh, that alone is going to, you know, bring you some sort of confusion, if you ask me. So, you know, this is what I think about, man, truly. If you really want to prepare for love, I mean, if you really want to prepare for a relationship, you got to consider what are the prerequisites for love to thrive in partnership. Also, ask yourself, what are the prerequisites for love to thrive in singlehood? Right? And love has established different boundaries for the single versus the couple. That's the one thing I'll continue to say, man. And don't let desperation be the determination in how you uphold boundaries. Don't find yourself disrespecting your relationship because a boundary is being crossed. I'll give y'all, I'll give y'all a real example because you know I like to use uh, things that have happened with me. So in my previous relationship, my ex had a barber who was really like a bit more flirtatious than I liked. And so one night I saw a text message come through. I mean, it was like hella late. And he was just basically saying to him, you know, bring that thing that I like when you come to get your haircut. I'm thinking, what the fuck? What Barbara does this, bro? Like, how is this even professional? Right? And it wasn't. So, of course, you know, I very strongly, with disrespect, let me just be honest with you guys and give you the straight up. You know, at first I was respectful about it. I was like, you know, babe, I don't like that, da 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 But when it seemed he was a bit resistant, you know, to a boundary that I established, then I became nasty. And I was like, nah, I don't like this shit. You need to stop seeing this fucking barber. You know, yada, yada, yada. Insisting that I get my way. That was the wrong approach. Right? Where I could have stopped was simply by saying, this makes me uncomfortable. And I really want you to check this. I really want you to understand that this makes me feel uncomfortable because here I am with this dude. And I'll be honest with you guys, you know, I had a very good looking uh, boyfriend, um, successful even then at the moment, very successful, you know, um, and easy to have conversation with. Now, at this point, I'm thinking you want to hold space at this barber and I'm telling you I'm uncomfortable. The barber has made me uncomfortable. I'm not so sure that this has made you uncomfortable. And so then the desperate need to be respected and to control the space, I disrespected the boundary. I disrespected the boundary of lovingly, lovingly, yeah, lovingly presenting my concern. Like, I dislike this and I really want you to handle this. I didn't have to insist that he would stop seeing the barber. Now, I'll be honest, I think I've evolved a bit more emotionally, guys. But even now, I still think that, you know, if my partner had said to me, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. Could you not see this person again? I would have stopped going to that barber. But I understood his reasoning. He was gay and in gay culture. You know, we don't find very many spaces where we could be ourselves in a barbershop, let alone, you know, talk about a host of things that are relevant to the culture of being gay in the barbershop. And I get it. And he was young and he needed, you know, that affirmation that his barber gave him. When I felt like the, the affirmation should have been coming from me and not the barber. But I want to state this again because it's worth restating. Don't become so desperate to need to be respected that you control your space 
by disrespecting the boundary. A boundary was clear. The moment I said that I dislike this and I need you to check this, or I would like for you to check this, and I can't remember if I asked him to by saying I need this or I want this, but I do remember saying I didn't like it, right? So in this space, leave it there and trust your partner to do what needs to be done. Now, if you can't trust that, then we're talking about another set of issues, right? Which is totally different. And also, man, don't find yourself being desperately wanting love that you remain with someone who disrespects your boundaries and you continue to accept disrespect like cheating, lying, misuse of finances, manipulation, whatever comes in that space. If you are if you are clear that I don't like being cheated on or I don't like you flirting with other people or I prefer that you tell me about the use of our funds if you're living together or you're partnering together towards marriage and that is consistently where the boundaries the boundary line is being pushed i don't always like to advocate for relationship ending so i will say this i will say get help quickly and if you are unable to get help and the behavior does not change then you may want to go ahead and consider uh realigning yourself with yourself for the moment until you can find someone who is who is okay with you establishing this boundary right don't find yourself being so desperate that you want love that you remain with someone who disrespects you and your boundaries if you continue what and this is and, and this is how and this is how the old folks used to say it what you accept you allow you know what i mean so if you accept the thing you allow it don't you know what i'm saying just don't just don't and when setting boundaries, man, I would say be unconventional, you know, um, you know, I, I really do believe in physical touch. It's so crazy how at one point that was like at the lowest end of my love language. But physical touch for me, man, really began to build gateways when my partner and I were together at that point. Like that's when I felt most connected when we were touching each other, because I think what happens in this space is sometimes, man. Um, sometimes physical touch is the only way to connect on ideas or boundaries that don't feel so great to one another. When we can't agree, something about just touching you, holding you, feeling you, I think it fulfills some part of our brain. It necessitates to us that this is the reason why we do this. This person that we're connected to, it, 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 it does something to our senses that allows us to do something. So be unconventional in touching one another. You know, if you see that your girl is uh, in the bathroom, you know, doing something to our hair, man, offer to brush her hair, comb her hair, you know, condition her hair. If you see that your guy is, you know, um, sitting down trying to get himself dressed and having some struggles with something or whatever, help him pick out an outfit and then, you know, put it on with him, kiss him, touch him, let him know that you're there while you're discussing these ideas and bring you guys together in this space of disconnect because sometimes setting boundaries could cause a temporary disconnection it should not be permanent though you know what i mean because you're introducing something to your partner that he or she or they may not have ever been introduced to right so implement some sort of physical touch where possible touch while riding in the car together touch while cooking together you know gently rub shoulders or something but keep the discussion of boundaries going and know this, man, you'll never have to negotiate your way into a heart that wants you there. Ever. You won't have to negotiate with someone setting your boundaries if 
you have made your way into their hearts. If they're continuing to disrespect your boundaries, it's because they disrespect themselves and they don't know how to respect you. The disrespect isn't always targeted towards you. It's a lack of self-respect at times, right? And do yourself a favor and take mixed signals as a no. Now, a lot of people get on me for this one. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you again, this is not a pain. It's just law. If a person tells you, I'm not sure, not now, all these different things, that's a no. It becomes a default no, guys, simply because they're refusing to make a decision about a boundary that you have set, right? If you are unaware and truly are unaware, and if you are the person doing this to someone, recognize your behavior too. Recognize what you're doing and recognize that you are helping to establish a boundary that you might not want set up months from now, weeks from now, or days from now, right? So do yourself a favor and take mixed signals as a no. Today, I really hope you guys took something away from love, established boundaries, man. I want to give a quick recap and note that, you know, love has difficult conversations. Love expresses itself by establishing boundaries for respect and integrity of actions. Truly, the emotionally immature are okay with setting boundaries and they don't see boundaries as a barrier right but they see boundaries as an opportunity to become bountiful in love in healthy relationships not all relationships end in marriage so keep in mind that just because it doesn't end or transport you to marriage doesn't mean that it should not transport you to a space of betterness that's love's ultimate goal i want to thank you guys for tuning in today man i really appreciate you again for rocking with me until next time love yourselves and someone else on purpose.